the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or estate law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. Call him now at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. And Ask the Lawyer. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses Thanks again to David Kincaid. We are here on hallowed ground next to Trinity Church, Trinity Church Graveyard, where a lot of early Americans are buried, including Alexander Hamilton. For those of you who don't know about this show, the show is usually in two parts. The first part, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. And if you have any questions about estate planning elder law, we're going to be doing seminars in Brooklyn this upcoming week. Monday, we're going to be in Bay Ridge at Vesuvio's Restaurant. That's The first seminar is going to be at 11 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The second seminar, 7 o'clock. The third seminar, Vesuvio Restaurant is at 7305 3rd Avenue. If you want to go to one of the seminars, there's no charge, but we do like to know how many people are going to be there so we know how to set up the rooms. If you want to call for reservation, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Brooklyn, Tuesday, we're going to be in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn, at Buckley's, 2920 Avenue S. That's Nostrand Avenue and Avenue S, 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 7 o'clock on Tuesday, July 18th. Thursday, July 20th, we're going to be in downtown Brooklyn, or Park Slope, I should say, the Montauk Club, Thursday, July 20th at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. So if you want to learn anything about estate planning, elder law, show up. There's no charge for admission. Admission is free. Uh, There's no requirement to do anything. Just show up and ask your questions. And if you want to schedule an appointment after one of those seminars, you're more than welcome. We'll have staff there that can schedule an appointment with us in any of our offices, our main office in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. But we also have offices in Brooklyn and Queens, I mean in Manhattan and Queens and Staten Island. So uh, tonight later in the second part of the show, we talk about nostalgic politics, history, religion. So we're going to have two guests on, actually three. We're going to be talking to Angel Ramos about a book he has, an inspirational book. And then we're going to be talking to Tom Dixon, not the guy who used to pitch for the, uh, the Astros and the Mets. But Tom Dixon, who's running a baseball program and in conjunction with the Brooklyn Cyclones, helping our friend Buddy Ron Hunt raise money to teach kids how to play baseball the right way, as he would say. And, of course, to help, well, I shouldn't say of course, but also to help Solly Hemus. And Solly Hemus in his 90s 
those of you that uh, remember baseball from way back, he was the guy who took Marty Marion's job in the early 1950s or whatever and had one of the highest on-base percentages of any middle infielder in the history of baseball. So maybe he wasn't the greatest defensive shortstop of all time, but he could get on base, Solly Hemus. So he's had a stroke. Ron Hunt's trying to raise some money to help Solly Hemus. I guess we'll start on the questions. So first question we got today is Ted from Eastport, New York. How you doing, Ted? Hi, how are you? Okay. Yeah, my question is um, if I eventually want to protect my home uh, for, uh, and get on Medicaid, uh, does the trust have to be uh, revocable or irrevocable, or does it make a difference? Well, and the, go ahead. Yeah, and second the second question. part of that is actually if I do either one, uh, can beneficiaries be changed? All right, I'm going to ask you the second question first. Yes, you can change the beneficiaries, and that's where uh, one thing we're allowed to do in New York. Even on an irrevocable trust, we can change the beneficiaries. Uh-huh. There's some conditions. There's some restrictions. But let's say if you have three children, you can say, I leave the house to my three children. One of them wins the lottery. Uh-huh. You leave it to the other two. You can change the beneficiaries of a trust. The class of people uh-huh. you leave it to could be limited. In other words, it might be descendants yeah. of your parents or whatever, which means your children, grandchildren nephews and nieces, but in any event, any trust written today can be changed. The beneficiaries can be changed. Irrevocable Mm -hmm. gives you more protection for medical bills. If we put your house in a trust, in theory, if your house is worth less than $850,000, you can apply for Medicaid whether the trust is revocable or irrevocable. If you have children you can work with and you trust, I would recommend irrevocable because then we're able to sell the house after five years if, let's say, it's not tenable to keep the house going. And you see, mm-hmm. revocable trust, if you revocable trust, you can apply for Medicaid, but there are two problems. Eventually, the state may have a hearing whether you can return home or not. And number two, you know, you could have an $800,000 house that's not an asset if it's in a trust, but if you sell that house mm-hmm. and you turn it into $800,000 of cash in a revocable trust, then that is an asset, and $800,000 is vulnerable to Medicaid. So if you get along well with your children, I ordinarily would recommend an irrevocable trust, but there's no one right answer for everybody. Everybody's a little different. But if you have children you can work with and you can trust them, I would recommend leaning toward an irrevocable trust, but that's a discussion to be had in person. Uh, Okay, okay. Okay? Thank you very much. All right, thank you. All right, Beth, I think you have two email questions, I do indeed. Um, Hello. If my county of residence when I die is Queens, can my will be probated in Suffolk County if I state or request that in my will? Thank you in advance for your response. Will you please hold a seminar in Sunnyside or Woodside? Thank you, Mary. Okay, I'm going to ask the second question on that one first. One, we are going to be in Massbeth, which is really not too far from Woodside or, or Sunnyside. We're going to have a seminar in Maspeth. In, in, the date's been set. I don't have it in front of me at the end of August in, in Maspeth. And listen, if you have a church group or an organization, senior citizens group, you want to, you want us to speak at your organization, church, whatever, um, I'm more than happy to do is just try to give us a, you know, a month or two's notice on that, and you know we'll be there. I go to church groups all the time. We don't charge for it, by the way. It, just to give out information. I do a 20-minute speech or a 40-minute talk or a 60-minute, depending on the 
the schedule and what people want to hear about. So I'm more than, you know, I'm more than happy to do a seminar on Woodside, Sunnyside, one of your groups. We're going to be doing it in um, Maspeth in a couple of weeks. And we can, to the winter, I'll take a look at the schedule, see maybe if we can do something in, uh, you know, Woodside or Sunnyside. I have done them from other organizations in the past, both in the church and other private organizations. I have done seminars in Woodside and Sunnyside in the past. So I'm not adverse to going there. So, but Maspeth's really not that far away. So, Go to Maspeth if you want. If you want us at your church or synagogue or other organization, we're more than happy to go to, to Woodside or Sunnyside. And I'm sorry, I've forgotten the question that, No, I'll do, I'll do that again. If my county of residence when I die okay. is Queens, can, I be pro, can my will be probated in Suffolk County if I state or request that in my will? Technically, it could be. The surrogate in Suffolk County may be wondering the surrogate's court clerk in Suffolk County may be wondering why do you want to probate the will in, in Suffolk? Are you trying to do some kind of fraud and keep creditors in, you know, Queens or whatever off the loop? If you own real estate in Suffolk County, I think there's a good shot they would accept it. And technically, any surrogate's court can probate a will. That's They have jurisdiction, but there's also what we call venue. And the proper venue in this case would be the county where you lived when you passed away. And that's ordinarily what happens because, you know, the clerks are not going to want to take a death certificate that says county of residence, Queens, and then want to probate that will in Suffolk. They're not going to want to do it. And, I mean, push comes to shove. Maybe somebody makes a motion, but, of course, you'd have to have a pretty good reason why you want to, suff- why you want to probate in Suffolk County rather than uh, Queens County or whatever. So technically it could be done. Practically I, don't, I think it would be almost impossible. Because when the clerk takes a look at the death certificate and the death certificate says County of Residence, Queens, he's going to say, why do you go back to Queens? Now, if you pass away and you have contacts with Suffolk County and you put down that you're a resident of Suffolk County on your death certificate, not that you're going to be putting it down, but that somebody else is going to be putting it down, well, then there's a good shot they're going to probate the will in Suffolk County because they're not really going to care. If the death certificate says Suffolk County is a practical matter, they're going to say you live in Suffolk County. Right now, it doesn't really matter what county you live in New York because wherever you live in New York, there's no estate tax under five million, you know, one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. It used to be years ago, if you had a primary residence, we'd want to make sure the will was probated in the county of your primary residence because you got a two hundred fifty thousand dollars exclusion on the sale of your personal residence, and you better be the same county where you your will was probated. That doesn't apply today. So we used to do that stuff years ago, but now it doesn't matter very much. All right, so I guess what? You know what? We're getting close to the break. Remember our seminars again this week, Monday, July 17th, Tuesday, July 18th, Thursday, July 20th. If you want any information about the seminars, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. If you have any questions you want to ask us, give us a call here at the studio. The you know the lines are open right now. We're at one 866 920-9622. Thank you for listening to us, and we'll take a short break. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death, and it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. 
So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Monday, July 17th at Vesuvio Restaurant, 7305 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Tuesday, July 18th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. PM and on Thursday, July 20th at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn at 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. Can't go to any Connors and Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors and Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan, plan now for later. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got a question for Mike? Call him at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Okay, we're going to continue on the estate planning phase of our show. Beth, you have another email question, right? Yes, I do. Um, Mr. Connors, what can I do with my parents' IRA as I recently found it among their belongings? They're deceased five years now, and I'm listed as a beneficiary. Thanks, Brandon. Well, the first thing is go to that bank and with a copy, certified copy of the death certificate for each respective parent and what they're, you know, whatever your beneficiary on. I'm not sure how it could go for that many years where they're not sending statements or whatever, but go there right away because there might be, there will be some income taxes. Um, I guess you'd have to write the IRS and try to get the penalty abated for whatever reason, you know, whatever reason there was why it wasn't collected over six years. But if your name's on the, the uh, IRAs, go to a bank right away, give me a death certificate, ask what options you have on reinvesting that money or whatever, and go from there. And you may want to see us or talk to one of the lawyers in our office because we may want to abate whatever penalties there might be with the IRS on back taxes that are paid in would come up with the excuse why, uh, you know, why it wasn't collected over all those years. All right, so we got a couple of questions right now. Robert, what's your question, Robert? Hello. Yes, Robert. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mike. How you doing? Okay. okay. The situation is my mom passed away last year. 
My sister was the oldest. She was the executor of her estate. Unfortunately, my sister passed, just passed away unexpectedly. I'm sorry. Now, I'm the middle child. My brother's the youngest, but he's more savvy about this stuff. Um, particularly, he said it, 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 the attorney said it's going to get very involved um, with e-files e and all of this. So my brother's going to take over. Um, uh, question number one, it seems like it's taken, it's taken over a year, and Mom's estate is not even finished. Now, I, I, you know, my, my sister, rest in peace, I don't know if it was just because she didn't provide the information to the attorney in a timely fashion, but now he, sta he stated it's going to significantly change everything. We've got to start, you know, with the new executor. New things have to be um, filed. Um, yeah. Was your mother's will probated? I have to probated? form saying that I, I'll allow my brother to Yeah, uh, that's true. Brain. But was your mother's oh. will probated? Yeah, it's in probate, unfortunately. It, it, yeah, no, it has it been probated? Oh, I don't know if it has been probated or not, okay. Mike. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Okay. Does that make a difference? Or? Well, yes, because if it has been probated, then it's pretty easy to get a successor executor appointed if there's one in the will. I don't know why. Are there any brothers and sisters not named in the will? Is there a problem in the family? No, no. Everything was spelled out. All, all the grandchildren already received their <clears throat> inheritance. Well, it's then just, the will was, was probated. Just, excuse me, sir? Then the will should probably be probated. If the grandchildren receive their inheritance under the will, the will should be probated. Yeah, because the attorney, you know, like my brother sent me the, the information that he sent my brother, and he said, well, now we got to start from the beginning. It's, you know, significantly going to change everything. And I, I, I don't know if this is accurate or not. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm really kind of have a back seat. My brother's going to take this. Uh, you know, I guess he trusts the lawyer. But okay. should, should I, I'm, I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to ask him to ask the attorney was mom's um, uh, estate probated at this was the time. will probated but, yes yeah was the will probated but if the grandchildren I mean, if the yeah. grandchildren received an inheritance under the will then the will had to be probated so then why didn't why was not I mean I'm not worried about my inheritance but why wasn't the for, for the children why didn't they receive their um, you, you know the, the, their inheritance? If it was probated, I, I don't understand. Something must have been missing. Now, did the grandchildren get their money through in trust for bank accounts? I know my daughter. She she got hers to, through just a check in, in in the mail. My sister wasn't too savvy about that. As an executor. Yeah, my sister was the executor. And then she passed. You know, and her daughters, I guess, got it. However, they yeah. they, they, they received it. You know. No, that's fine to get it by a check in the mail. There's no problem with that. That okay. tells me that if there was a check in the mail and that your let's say your daughter and the other grandchildren, the will was probated. It shouldn't be that big a deal to get a successor executor appointed. It could be either the fiduciary under your sister's will, if she had one, or the alternate executor under uh, your mother's will. Okay, but but shouldn't, that, shouldn't this have uh, – why would it take so long if nothing was contested, everything – If, I if all the children consented and nothing was contested, I don't know why it would take more than a year. Yeah. Was the house sold? Was her house? Was it sold? No, no. Mom didn't have a house. She she lived in an apartment. Yeah, she lived in an apartment. Um. So so I'm gonna bring that up for my brother to ask the attorney. Is there anything else that um, you, you know that that we should just because I, I I'm I I don't have a clue about you know what this stuff involves. And my brother's gonna, you know, he he has the ball in his court now. He's gonna do 
you know. Take well, you can talk so. to your brother and figure out what's going on. But, you know, I, again, this, the one question was the will already probated. Does the will have an alternate executor, successor executor under yes, the yes, will? Yes, it did. And it, it, it actually had me next. But my brother said, you know, Bob, Bobby, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it because I, I know you, you're not well versed on computers yeah. and all this other stuff, you know. so It might have been, been quicker for you to step in as the alternate executor. But if it's done, it's done. Yeah. Well, I didn't even fill out the form. I'm waiting to get that in the mail, and then I'm going to you know, have it notarized okay. and sent to the attorney. All right, but that shouldn't um, cause that much of a delay if everybody agrees and the will's already probated and we're getting a successor executor appointed. Yeah, so how much more time should it take? I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not handling the estate. I don't know why it took yeah, no, a year. Of course, Mike. But yeah, there could be something yeah. else. The witnesses might have been missing. The will, when it was done, may not have been in proper form. You know, there are a lot of yeah. things that could happen. And, I mean, you know, like if somebody took the staples out of the will— um, to make photocopies after your mother was gone. That's going to cause a delay in the court because they're going to say, well, did somebody alter the will? And they may have to talk to the witnesses, and maybe the witnesses are not very readily available. I mean, there are a lot of little things that can stall you up more than a year without you realizing it. So right. there might be reasons. I don't know what the reasons are because I don't know. I don't know the facts. Yeah, but. I mean, I, I have a feeling my sister doesn't always you know, deal with things ASAP. I think she yeah, well, that could be it, too. Yeah, yeah. If your sister was All a right, procrastinator, Mike, things you know things take time. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. Thank you for a great show. So, all right, thank you, thank you Robert. Take care. take care. Bye. We have Rose in New Jersey. Yes, Rose. What's your question? Hi, Mike. Um, my question is this: It, it um, relates to taxes. Okay. My mom and dad um, had a revocable trust, and since then, dad has passed. And I know I heard somewhere where you have. 90 days from date of death to file taxes, is that after the first spouse to die, or is that after, um, do you, you know, know mom, Do you know what mom kind of taxes we're talking about? Uh, would it be estate tax? I mean, I don't That's know. That's nine months. Really too. It's nine months. It's nine months yeah, from, and ordinarily, from when? From date of death, but ordinarily there's no uh, tax due between husband and wife. So, mm-hmm. so then that would be after mom passes, right? Except that if they have an estate in excess of four or five million dollars, then we do what's called portability, and you do need to file a return within nine. Right months now, their death. estate is not worth that much. Okay, and you may want to. So, do they live in New Jersey? Yes. Okay, so you may want to talk to a local guy. You know, you may want to before the nine month goes because. There, you may want to separate the state in New Jersey because it's two million in New Jersey as opposed to let's say five million in New York. So you may oh. want to file, mm-hmm. but it's nine months, and you know. Okay. It depends what All their right. net estate is worth, but usually there's no tax between husband and wife if they're both U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that that clears up everything then. Then. Okay. okay. All right. Good luck to you. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Again, you know, if you have any questions, you can email us. The email address is the answer at connorsandsullivan.com. The answer at connorsandsullivan.com. And we answer every email. Now, every once in a while, we don't answer the email on the radio. But They're we not do always it. on air. Yeah, because sometimes it's a little bit personal, even if, you, you know, they're somewhat anonymous. Um, sometimes it's not the type of question should be answered, you know, of the, of the, you know, over the airwaves, so to speak. And, you know, one thing we didn't mention earlier in the show, we got an event, not that we have an event, but there is an event on July 19th, 7 p.m. 
at the Laurie Buckman Theater, 407 West 42nd Street. We have one of our favorite people, Peggy Eason. Peggy! Downstairs at the West Bank Cafe. That's in, you know, west side of Manhattan. She's going to be doing a concert. Beth, you know about much about what she's going to be singing? Um, she's the chocolate diva, and she's going to be singing um, cabaret songs. Cabaret songs. I cannot wait. And if anybody else wants to go, you better call in now to make sure you can get a ticket. Okay, so that's at the West Bank West Bank Theater at... 407 West 42nd Street. If you want any information about it, it's $20 a ticket. You can call Adriana at our office at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. The pro-life movement is winning. One of the signs of progress is the growing mountain of medical evidence that abortion harms women, men, and families. Even researchers who identify themselves as pro-choice are coming to this conclusion and publishing their research. Abortion advocates try to hide and bury this information. But so much of it continues to come out that their efforts to hide it will not succeed much longer. Abortion really destroys itself. The more it continues, the more it reveals itself as an enemy of the human family. Those who advocate abortion say they care about women's health. But if they do, then they will have no honest rationale for ignoring the harm that abortion does. As the mountain of medical evidence against abortion grows, so should our hope that it will end. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Whenever I sit down with a homeowner, the number one question asked is always, which reverse mortgage option is best for me and my family? I personally will help you decide which reverse mortgage program is best for you. My job is to help active retirees find the best solution for their retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward, objective information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call 888-943-2646. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. With us right now is Angel Ramos. He's got a book out, Archaeologist of a Word. Love yourself, respect yourself, and value yourself. How are you doing today? I'm doing beautiful. Thank you. Okay, so how, how did you get around to, to writing this book? How did it start? I started by just writing. What is it? I got material 
I was um, a site called Facebook, and I started writing a lot of material, and a lot of people requested me to put the material together, and it became a poem. And what's the message of your book? I obviously, you know, respect yourself. That's to, like, to enlighten oneself. You know, um, it's very hard to look at oneself, and I started learning that if I say to myself quietly, Love myself, respect myself, and value myself. I'm supporting myself with that. I'm giving you. I'm giving myself force. I'm giving myself light. I'm. I'm being aware of what I'm saying in silence. If I could keep. If I'm aware in silence, I'm aware in, re, in reflection. What What's just wonderful to me is um, every time I see you, we we see each other once a week. You know, and um, you make me feel good. Thank you. Because it's positive. Um, some people have a tendency to look at the, the bad mm. in life, but you don't. You know, um, and that's not, that's not something that we should look at lightly. I mean, I want to thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you for every time that I see you. Thank you. You're because welcome. your spirit and your, you've obviously considered so much um the book is is a wonderful it's it's like it's like poetry you've put each one of your thoughts in it because you have taken this so seriously it's made you a magnificent person thank you you know people just people don't become nice (laughs) overnight i think you have to work at it Mm mm-hmm and you've worked at it from obviously from your heart but also intellectually you know you've thought well you know what what am i thinking what am i believing um and i just appreciate it because it shines through you've obviously looked at yourself and your book is a most interesting way of telling other people okay Look at yourselves. Mm-hmm. Look at yourselves before you get angry, before before you get, like you're saying, upset with something else or anything going on. Look at yourself first and start there. And I know when I get upset, most of the time it's over nothing. So if if you just pause and and take the time, like you say, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm then most of the, I think most of the meanness of the world would just disappear. Now, again, every chapter you say, love yourself, respect yourself, value yourself. Can you just expand that a little bit for the listening audience there? People always tell me to love myself, and I never really got a concept of it. So once I've heard it in silence, I started, what is it, reflecting of it. I've started thinking about that's myself. I gotta look into that more. Every word I, every word I hear in silence is me. I pertain to it. I maintain it and I support it. I never could do that before, but today I've learned to do it and I do it as much as possible. When I, not about being hurt or anger. Being when I'm, when I'm in presence with self. What can I do with it? How can I draw into it? How can I paint it? How can I make something of it? And I just keep thinking, and I add understanding to it because understanding applies information. 
Understanding opens up the pages. Like I said, <clears throat> like I was trying to explain um, thinking has a language, and it's called understanding. Because, like I said, people, people don't know what nothing is, but nothing is oneself. Because we never looked at that page. Now, what you do is nothing. You use it as a page, and you sign it. You could create anything with it. You could create a smile. You could create a hug. And best of all, you could create your heart. Well, words, you know, in history, words were sacred. And um, in Egypt, if someone wanted to curse somebody, oh, my goodness, they would write it down. The fact that you would think of it as a word and write it down and burn it or something, whatever, mm. you know, they realized just as way we should all realize that words mean things when we understand, you know, when we under, like when you're, when we're talking together and we're, if I think if you, what you're saying, listen to the words and bring it in, I think then we're more likely to listen to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you respect yourself, if you have the words and you look in that mirror and you're okay with it and you can talk to yourself and understand things, then when someone else says something to you, it connects. Everything's, everything connects in this world. How we look at it, how we communicate, how we understand. Like you said, Everything has a meaning, but there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is to understand that there is. And if there is, why there should be right. when there is. When we, when we connect with, it, with language, we connect with ourselves. Yeah. Everything idea. is one page. Yes. Everything is one page, okay. one word. It starts off with one word that creates a sentence. Now the mm-hmm. sentence will reflect if the word is correct. That's how you utilize your thinking. You you know you you bake the cake. <laughs> you build the forest. Look at the. <laughs> is that beautiful? You know, listen to that song when you were syringe with yourself. Right. Listen, you got time from this world, and, and then, time is only a drop in the bucket. <laughs> and you can share it with other people, yes. which is what you do. Yes. Absolutely, every with day of your candle, life. candle lighting up another candle. <laughs> That's how beautiful it is. It's not that... (laughs) The name of the book, Archaeologist of a Word, Love Yourself, Respect Yourself, and Value Yourself. Where does somebody get a copy of this book? They could get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Kindle. Kindle, is it? Yeah. Kindle, right. Uh, Don't ask me that kind of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Amazon, I know. Barnes & Noble, (laughs) I know. Kindle, you know. Not too sure. Archaeologist of a word. Love yourself, respect yourself, and value yourself. Angel, thank you for coming on Connor's thank Corner. Thank you, Mr. Connor. Okay, thanks again, Angel. So uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking to a couple of guys, baseball guys. And there's going to be a, a fundraiser for Ron Hunt's baseball program on July 20th. And those of you who listen to the show, you know who Ron Hunt is. And those of you who don't know who Ron Hunt was... He was, uh, he was, yeah, but he was the came up through the Mets system in 1963. Hard-nosed baseball player, played as a starting second baseman in the 1964 All-Star Game. Uh, never flashy or anything like that. Just a hard-nosed baseball player, 
and he used to have a very high on-base percentage in the major leagues, partly because of his walks and partly because of he would get hit by a pitch. He would stand right in there and take it. You know, there, there's stories sometimes every once in a while a pitcher would hit him with a pitch, he'd pick the ball up and throw it back to the pitcher because he said he was, you know, he was pre-sabermetrics, I guess. You know, you go to first base, you make a left turn, you stay in the major leagues. Your wife gets a paycheck to spend. <laughs> so that was his philosophy. And um, he also talks about, a, a, last time he was there, he mentioned that Solly Hemus, who was a first base coach for the Mets, in the early 1960s for Casey Stengel, who scattered him in one game, uh, whatever, and recommended the Mets, you know, go after him. Solly Hemus is in his 90s. He had a stroke, and he's we're trying to raise some money for Solly Hemus to help him out in this tough time. And Solly Hemus was a, you know, middle infielder, played mostly shortstop, little second base or whatever. He took over from Marty Marion, the great shortstop of the uh, Cardinals, in the 40s and 50s, and he wasn't as good a defensive ball player as Marty Marion, but he was a lot better offensive ball player. He had one of the highest on-base percentages in the history of baseball for middle infielder. For anybody else's, his on-base percentage, I think, was 387, which is pretty good for a middle infielder, and he got a lot of walks. And, of course, back back then, a walk wasn't considered that much of an advantage. It was more considered the pitcher's mistake than the hitter working out the walk. So... If he were playing today, he'd probably get a $20 million contract. But back then, he probably made, you know, $20,000, $30,000. And he did, he did have a long career. He managed in the major leagues. He scouted, uh, you know, one of those legends of baseball, and let's wish him well. And the guy who brought Ron Hunt to the Mets. So let's I guess, go Mets. Let's go Mets. So let's take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes talking baseball. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens Will my to assets them? be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated 
dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors & Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, when I was growing up in Brooklyn back in the early 60s, my favorite baseball player was the second baseman for the New York Mets, Ron Hunt, the first player elected to start an all-star game for the Mets. And Ron Hunt has carried on teaching youngsters about baseball. And right now we have two people with us, Tom Dixon and Gary Perrone, who have a fundraiser coming up in, in relation to Ron Hunt's activities with baseball youth. How are you doing today, gentlemen? Doing good, thanks. Doing good. Wonderful. All right, Gary, where's the fundraiser yes. going to be? Uh, well, we've been hosting Ron's events here for the past 10 years. It's uh, MCU Park in Coney Island. Uh, we are the single-A affiliate for the New York Mets, so we've been working with Ron ever since, his, you know, all this time since we've been here. Um, probably longer than 10 years, too, so Ron's a great friend to the organization, and uh, what he's done, and the gentlemen like Tom and everyone who's worked with him over the years, um, they've done an amazing job bringing all the guys together and creating these great opportunities for the kids. Now, Gary, tell me, what's your association with the Brooklyn Cyclones? Uh, I'm a, the assistant general manager, and when I first met, yeah, when I first met Ron, I was director of community relations back then, and so I've been with him a long time. <laughs> and by the way, somebody out there, if you're a baseball fan, you've never been out to MCU Park in Coney Island to watch the Cyclones. I strongly recommend you do it. You get to see some kids trying to start their baseball careers. Beautiful venue right off the ocean at Coney Island. So. And when does your season start? Actually, we opened up last week. Uh, June 20th was our first home game. Uh, and last, we had a weekend full of games. We have a game tonight. Uh, we're still drawing great people. We had 7,000 plus per night so far. And so all signs are in the right direction. What prospects should, should be should we be looking at this year? Well, I think, you know, from the draft right now, you know, the number one pick, David Peterson, um, he's, he's all they say he is, a left-handed pitcher. And then uh, in addition to that, we've had most of the uh, draft picks who were in there, but I would say Peterson right now. And then as they go along, you never know how it goes as the, as these guys sort of through the minor league. So, But my pick right now is Peterson. Okay, well, let's get back to Ron Hunt. So what are we doing? It's July 20th at MCU Park. What are we doing that day, Tom? Well, we'll have uh, four teams raising money for Ron's uh, Hunt Eagle Baseball Association. Uh, Ron does uh, free baseball clinics around the country. And, uh, you know, so we uh, go out, play some baseball, raise some money. And uh, as I said, Brooklyn, Gary, have been nothing but the greatest host to us for the past decade. Um, in the past few years, they even let us uh, do our own PA announcing, run the scoreboard. So they're the greatest hosts you could ever want for one of these events. Now, what kind of teams are going to be involved? Well, there are three teams from Long Island. Uh, these are, uh, you know, over 40 guys that we can still play. In fact, I keep trying to recruit Gary to play one of these days in the <laughs> game. <laughs> But soon, soon, soon. He's wise. <laughs> and uh, but uh, Woodbat Baseball, one team is uh, we have usually from um, over north of the city from leagues and players that uh, you know at all different skill levels. But the goal is to go out, have a fun day of baseball, and uh, you know raise money for a good cause. Now, what's the cost? Uh, One hundred twenty-five dollars per player. Um, in fact, uh, this year I'm trying to do something different, uh, uh, setting something up. Um, on Facebook or other places if you want to you know, uh, contribute via PayPal, anything they want to contribute. Because this year, Ron, uh, some of the money 
is going to go to his a longtime friend and mentor, Salihimis. Uh, he was a, a coach with the Mets back in the early uh, 60s. He scouted Ron as a 22-year-old in the minors and was influential in Ron uh, being traded to the Mets and become a friend of his. So uh, uh, Sally is, uh, suffered a stroke, and uh, so some of the money is going to go to him and his family. So And, and those younger people out there, Sally Hemis had one of the highest on-base percentages of any middle infielder in the history of baseball. I think he was number six, Ron Hens said, but he had an on-base percentage of 390 in the major leagues. So I don't know what his contract would be today, but it would probably be a lot more than <laughs> it was back then. Because back then they didn't count walks. They didn't think of walks as being an offensive tool. All right, so but if the general public wants to come in, they want to you know buy a ticket for attendance. How much is it going to cost them? There is no charge. Uh, they're welcome to come in. Uh, as I said, we would encourage anyone who wants to show up. They want to make a contribution. We would appreciate it. But they can come watch us play. It's a it's a fun day, and you get to hang out. It's one of the attractions is Coney Island, uh, and there's uh, the uh, Gary and the the, the the Cyclones have been so nice to us, and uh, it's a great atmosphere there and watch baseball and play. MCU Park in Brooklyn. Gary, can you tell us where that is? Yes, MCU Park is located right in the heart of Coney Island. It's um, easily accessible by train or off the Belt Parkway. Um, so people, it's an easy way of getting here. Uh, it's Anyone coming from Long Island, Queens, Manhattan, you'll take you no time to get here. So it's definitely worth a day out, as Tom mentioned before. When you come to Coney Island, there's a great experience down here now where you can take a walk on the boardwalk, come down and see the Cyclone, which is 90 years old, the roller coaster itself, get a hot dog by Nathan's, which, and then head into the ballpark and support Ron and his great friends and uh, raise some money. Okay, Tom, Ron Hunt Eagles Baseball Association, what do they do? Well, they said Ron used to have players stay at his farm, uh, and he toured the country with them, but it got too much of a hassle, mainly from the parents headaches from the parents but he does as i said he'll do clinics around the country uh, he'll you know he just uh, spreads the word on baseball and playing the game right with young uh, players and uh, so we do what we can to try to contribute to his organization and uh, it's a as i said he this year someone's going to go to salahimus but he uh, he's a uh, he's a good he, as i've known ron now since uh, we started uh, raising money for him in the early 90s and uh He's now just more than just a, a cause. He's a friend, and so we do what we can. Uh, he's mm-hmm. unfortunately he has not been able to make it the past couple of years. He has some back issues and things. We're hoping to get him out here one of these days. He he came to MCU Park, signed autographs, hung out with the fans. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to get him out here, and uh, he's a. Yeah, we we just were glad to be able to raise whatever we can for his organization. Okay, again, remember, Ron Hunt was one of those hard-nosed baseball players. Again, he was another one of those guys who had the high on-base percentage before it was, you know, before it was appreciated. But I think his lifetime on-base percentage was 368, which is pretty good for a second baseman. Absolutely. True. As he said, he played baseball the right way. Hopefully, he's going to teach youngsters to play baseball the right way, and let's support him. You know, some guy who gave us 100% on the field in the 60s, let's give it back to him today. I think it's great. And just to add add on to this, too, because in today's day and game, where we have a lot of players today who who are doing good work on their own right, but it's guys like Ron who've played years ago. Not many like Ron still around doing this um, who are out there and giving the kids opportunity. And I, I deal here in New York City 
on the youth level or major uh, things that we do here in the city, especially with the play ball campaign with Major League Baseball, uh, along with the former player John Franco. We do something here in New York, too. But guys like Ron, who most kids don't know of, uh, it's great they learn about him and who he is as a person. Uh, mostly because, like I mentioned, many of the players from yesteryear um, don't have their heart and soul still in the game um, because, of, you know, they go on, they move on. And But Ron has kept his roots here um, ever since he left the Mets. And if you think about the years that he played, that was in the 60s, and we're talking about 2017 now, and Ron Hunt is still going. So we, we as an organization, applaud him and love working with Ron. He's one of the guys I love the best. He always shoots me straight, which is the greatest, and it's uh, it's a pleasure helping him and helping his organization, and we look forward to doing it for many years to come. Okay, so it's July 20th at MCU Park in Brooklyn. What time do the gates open? Well, the games will be 3 and 9. The players probably come in at 8.30, but uh, we'll be there until, you know, late afternoon. So if any of you want to come in, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, and uh, as I said, it's a good cause, and it's a fun day of baseball. Gary Perrone, Tom Dixon, thank you for what you're doing for baseball. Thank you on behalf of Ron Hunt, and we hope to see you on July 20th. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Okay, well, remember, we've got seminars that week, too. So uh, we're going to be in Brooklyn on in July, July 17th. We're going to be at uh, Vesuvio's Restaurant at 7305 3rd Avenue. We're going to be at Buckley's, Cheapshead Bay at 2926 Avenue S, right off the corner of Nostrand Avenue. We're going to be doing those seminars at 11 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 7 o'clock at night. Thursday, because remember we got Peggy Eason on Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to be in Park Slope, Brooklyn, at the Montauk Club at 25 8th Avenue. We're going to do seminar at 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock. So if you have any questions about estate planning and elder law, you can come in, ask your questions, and we go from there. Now, the Montauk Club is in Park Slope, which is not too far away from Greenwood Cemetery. Boy, did we have fun in Greenwood Cemetery. Right. You you should have seen Mike's wonderful diorama with who? General Thomas Francis Marr of Marr's Brigade. Was actually removed from our office and taken to the chapel at Greenwood Cemetery. And that's that's where they have their museum. They have different um, traveling museums and everything. And this was put there, and it was a great day. We The trolleys, if, if y'all have not taken a trolley tour in Greenwood Cemetery, please do it. It is so much fun. And who we had the dignitaries there from, um, well, tell the bust first. Okay, well, we unveiled the bust, or the, not that we had anything to do with it. We were just in the audience, of Thomas Francis Marr. And for those of you who don't know, I mean, we... We spent some time talking about Thomas Francis Marr on this show. He was uh, a leader of the Young Ireland movement in the 1840s, sentenced to death for treason in 1848, exiled to Tasmania, made his escape from Tasmania, eventually got to New York, got involved in militia and politics, and became you know, the general of the Irish Brigade in the Civil War. After the Civil War, he was acting governor of Montana, and then he died under mysterious circumstances. When I first learned history, I thought he just fell off the boat drunk. But apparently now there's a lot of evidence that he was killed, you know, by certain vigilantes in Montana in the, the 1860s. And, you know, Montana in the 1860s, if you watch Deadwood, Montana in the 1860s was 10 years before that. So, 
It's a pretty wild place. Speaking of that, we're going to have one of the actors who was on Deadwood in a couple of weeks, James Parks. So, Who's the son of Michael Parks. Michael Parks, right, who was on Twin Peaks, um, the original Twin Peaks back whenever, I guess. Anybody, he, Any girl my age probably had a crush on Michael Parks. But also when we're in Greenwood Cemetery, we, we also talked about General Tom Sweeney, who we spent you know, but wait, time. Thomas Marr, we had to, the sculptor was there, and um, Mr. Richmond was there, and what county is he from in, is it Waterford? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and so the, the man that headed up, the all the Waterford people were there. It was a lovely event. I'd, how many people do you think were there, 60, 70? I think a little bit more than that because there were three trolleys, and there were probably 40, 50 okay, people on a trolley. Okay, okay. You it know. was a, really a nice day, and afterwards we took the trolley ride and we saw some of the um, famous people of Irish descent um, buried in the. Uh, I don't how many how many tours. The, the, I don't any know how many number. tours they have. All right, oh, next no, week no next week time. we're going to be talking to Eric Bowling. Thank you for listening. To Ask the lawyer. See you next week again, Eric Bowling. I guess next week. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.